0: Would you turn with me um, to the scripture, 2 Timothy 2. This is our focus. We're talking about this kingdom mentality, a kingdom mentality. I don't know if you know this, but what Jesus did when he came is he became king. He earned the right to be king. He did what it took to be king. And the scripture says that he set up a kingdom. He's invited us to be a part of his kingdom. I think it's very important for us to understand in the Old Testament, uh, a lot of times it talked about different nations falling under the judgment of God, but here's the reality. When the New Testament happened, when the new promise, the new covenant that Jesus made, here's what happened. Everybody was proven to be a sinner. Everyone, everyone. So here's what we gotta understand, or we're gonna have our theologies jacked up. We're gonna be thinking, oh, America's gonna fall into judgment. Yes, everybody is, to be honest with you. Iraq, Iran, all of us, we all in the same boat, because we all sinners, everybody, come on now. But here's the reality when Jesus did what he did, he set up a kingdom of light, he created the divide, he came to bring a sword. So what we all have to understand is there is peace for those who enter the kingdom of light and everyone in the world has been invited, but not everyone will choose. Not everyone will choose. But right now, because of Jesus, there is two kingdoms and they are lumped into two, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light we have been invited into the kingdom of light. And if you have been buried and dead in in baptism and raised to walk by the spirit of God, then you are a part of his kingdom of light. And I say, welcome, my brothers and sisters. If you're not a part of that, you haven't made that decision, I, I pray that today is the day. And I believe you're here for a reason. Kingdom mentality. What does it look like in 2021? Let's talk about that. 2 Timothy, we started talking last week a little bit about suffering, joining the suffering. Would you read this passage with me? 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 10. Let's read this. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And that's what we focused on last week. Here's what I kind of want to focus in on and then we're going to focus in on another part. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuit since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It's the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say For the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect. That's the church, those who God has chosen out. That they also may obtain the salvation that is in Jesus Christ with eternal glory. Right where you are, would you ask God to give you understanding today? He says that God will give you understanding in all these things. Right right here, before we move further, would you pray and would you say, God, give me understanding in what I need to hear today. Speak to me today. Father, we just ask that you would speak to us. We thank you for your word. There's so much in it. And it's so rich and deep. God, I pray that you would speak far beyond my words today. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Now, Paul is the writer of this and he's writing to a young guy named Timothy. Young Timothy is a leader. And I don't know if any leaders in the room, any leaders in the room, in any capacity, anybody? Huh? Thank you, there's like three of you. Hey, there's a lot more. All right, here's, the, here's, the, here's what I ask God to do that he would send leaders into this room tonight. And if you're not currently a leader, here's what I believe. Uh, I believe that you're going to be. In fact, I believe that you were meant to be. Part of what Paul invited Timothy to do was to entrust the message to faithful people to carry out some work to become a leader. Ultimately, that's what Paul was inviting a young guy to do help people become leaders and send them out. If you are here today, I ask God to send the leaders. I believe he answers me. Whether you believe that or not about yourself, I believe it's God's intention that you would become a leader. Leadership sometimes feels like this. Would you watch this video today? Take my word for it, there's a moral to this story. Yeah, it looked like a coronation for Tanche Pepeo. He's getting the crowd. He wants the crowd to cheer his performance. And at the end, he gets pipped. He gets pipped by Marin Simon of Washington. And you just can't do this kind of stuff, Lewis. You can. And you know, you see his face, and you know, no one has to say anything. They don't have to explain it to him. He'll never make that mistake again. Has anybody ever seen that video before? Can you imagine making it to something so important? I mean, be dominant. to dominate in such a way like that, you're good. I mean, you're really good and you are winning. Here's what Paul invited Timothy to do, to run the race. If you want to be crowned, you got to run according to the rules. Do you know what he wanted right there? He wanted another, a, new, a brand new kind of rule. He wanted to create his own rule. And do you know what rule he wanted to make that day? Hey, y'all recognize me. Hey, y'all recognize me. Recognize who's winning so bad. Come on, come on. Anybody ever get there in leadership where you start feeling like, man, I'm crushing it. I'm crushing this thing they say is so challenging, right? I don't know if you've ever gotten there in your life, but the moments that I get there in mine, I find that I fall very quickly after that. (laughs) It's the moments where I'm like, I finally figured it out that you're like, I know nothing, right? Like the next day. I believe this is a lot of times what leadership really feels like. It feels like I'm about to win only to find myself not really winning. Why did Paul write this passage to a young pastor? I mean, why would you even have to say, hey, suffer like a good servant of Jesus? Suffer with you, one who suffered first. Hey, God, run the race, but don't invent the rules. Run according to the rules. Why would he have to say that? I would submit to you today that he said that because it's not in our nature to do those things. It's not natural. To suffer, that sounds terrible. To run a race according to rules? My friends and I, when we were really young, far in a past life, we used to say, winners make the rules, losers follow them. How arrogant. So you know, I've fallen a lot since then. And I'm not proud of those moments. But what that saying did, it reveals the true heart of real life men and women. He tells a young guy this because it's not in our nature. It's supernatural to do these things. Why would he say this? Because I believe that he knew leadership was really hard. Hey, dads, as leader of the family, do you feel like it gets really hard sometimes? Ladies, men, if you, even if you're not fathers, do you just feel like there's pressure in this life to accomplish something? You're like, I think I'm doing a good job, but I don't know. Feel the weight of this race. And when I say, guys, run the race with perseverance, you're like, I ain't. I don't wanna take another step, y'all. I'm feeling tired, anybody? You know what I'm saying? Like suffer, I've suffered enough. I ain't got any more. So we read this passage and we see these things sometimes in the word and we go, Gosh, suffer, man. Run a race, man. Like, I think I'm doing it. But as I dove into this passage, y'all, it came alive in a fresh way. And I pray today that it comes alive for you. He told Timothy this, and leaders, I want you to know this leadership is challenging. But he told Timothy this because just a chapter right before, he was saying, hey guys, everybody has abandoned me. Has anybody been abandoned in leadership? You just feel kind of all alone. People who were friends are not friends anymore. They might not be enemies, but they're not for you. They're not with you. Paul was helping Timothy understand that, hey, listen, suffering is coming for you guys who are leading. Everybody's abandoned Paul. And if everybody abandoned Paul, then the son of Paul, Timothy, spiritual son, is probably gonna get abandoned. So be encouraged, guys. Leadership is awesome. You're probably gonna get abandoned. Psalm 55 is no different. David writes in Psalm 55, 12 and 13 that one of his best friends, Ahithophel, had abandoned him in the worst kind of way. He wrote, it's not an enemy who taunts me, then I could actually bear it. It's not an advert adversary who deals insolent with me. Then I could hide from him. But it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. In other words, I could bear this life. I could bear leadership if it was somebody I didn't like. But in leadership, it's, it's the fact that I'm leading people. People are with you on the journey. And it's the people that are close to you that end up stabbing you in the back at work that hurt the worst. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, it's so painful. And what David is saying, I would have had the strength to deal with something like that if they were my enemy, but what I don't have the strength to do and what has to be supernatural is to have the energy or the power to actually move when the people closest to me hurt me the worst. Maybe today you're feeling hurt the worst, which is why you don't want to race any further. You don't want to suffer. You're suffering hard enough, right? Right? I got nothing left to give because you have no idea what happened to me in my life. Hey, listen, everybody in this room, we all got a story like that. And if you've got that right now, you're welcome here. And leadership is not meant to be a burden that I'm pushing on you, but I got an invitation for you today that I think will be freedom for everyone in this room. I know it's freedom for me. And it's because that I wanna focus in on this part of the passage that I think is so easy to miss. And it's the very first part of this passage. We're gonna focus on this today. Find your strength in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. Think on it for a second. Let's let's read. My child, be strengthened by the grace. There's a place that the grace is in, is in, Jesus Christ. What are you hoping will bring strength to you today? If it happened, this would strengthen my life in the most profound way, what would it be? Think on it, everybody's got it. If this happened, man, then I could run. Then I could suffer if this happened. Hey, Jay, I could really step into all God had for me if blank. What is your blank? The encouragement that Paul is telling a young leader, the strength comes from a place. Now, is strength in your soul or is it like physical? The book of Nehemiah in chapter eight, verse 10, tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord. Joy is like deep down in here. And when there's joy deep down in here, don't you feel like, like nothing can stop me? I'm not tired, I could move. I believe what this passage helps us understand is that we're strengthened in our soul, but what is strengthened in our soul manifests in our bodies oftentimes. And some of us need to be strengthened today by the joy of the Lord. You're like, Jay, if only, what does that even mean? What does it look like? If I only knew. Be strengthened by the grace that is in Jesus Christ. Can we understand what that means today as we walk out? That's what I wanna share with you today. What does it mean to be strengthened by the grace that is in Jesus Christ. Well, I've heard the definition of grace, that grace is undeserved favor. Yes, I believe that is true. But is grace a pardon or is it power? Is grace just like, hey, you're forgiven, live. Live. Or is grace like, here's, here's more for you to accomplish and do? I wanna look at that today and I wanna answer that question. Is grace a pardon or is it a power? I believe if you understand this, I believe it will unlock something a little bit more in depth for you that you can step in and receive. Ephesians 2, eight through 10 helps us understand a little bit more about what Paul is saying. Be strengthened by the grace that is in Jesus Christ. He says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one can boast. So is it a pardon? Absolutely. I would say it like this. Grace is something like a train ride. And when you get on a train, like there's two different ways. Sorry. Righteousness by works is like this. It's like a train ride. You get on the train and who walks down the train? The conductor to make sure that you have a ticket, correct? Correct a ticket that you have worked hours to achieve, maybe not hours, maybe just like a couple minutes, right? it shouldn't be that expensive. But you've worked for that ticket. You did what it took to get it. So you deserve to be on the train, correct? You deserve to be there because you bought it, you made it. You did what it took to get there. Anybody who doesn't have a ticket doesn't deserve to be on the train. So what? They are escorted off, Right? You deserve to be there by your work so we can all give you an applause. You're doing right. Anybody who doesn't, you're given a boo, get out, right? (laughs) The boot. (laughs) But grace is something like this. A grace that is a gift is more like the train of God rolls up, the doors open, And they say, we're headed to heaven. Everybody's invited. No ticket needed. In fact, you can't get one. The conductor purchased it for you. Anybody who wants on, get on. Load in. The challenge comes when somebody begins to fidget to try to prove the fact that they purchased the ticket for the free train ride. And as you begin to try to fidget and say, Well, I did, I did this, and I I I deserve to be here because of what I did. You'll find yourself that on the next exit, it is your time to step off. Something like that. Or you'll find yourself desiring to step off, only to be invited once again as the doors open. Grace is such a gift, and it's a profound mystery. I mean, it's such a mystery. It's almost challenging for me to accept because I don't know, I'm a very workspace person. I don't know, not everybody's like me, but I love to look at my work and say, man, I've accomplished a lot. That's why I like to mow my yard sometimes. I like to look at the lines and be like, I did that. Big work. Anybody else like to mow the lawn and just see that, thank you, <laughs> yeah. It just feels good, doesn't it, to accomplish something? Fact, especially when you feel like you haven't been accomplishing anything. Just to do something mindless, I finished. It looks great. That was a free one. But let's continue. Is it power? Ephesians continues by saying in verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ, for good works. He didn't have to put in Christ. We are his workmanship, created for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. But the only way that we can do good work is because we were created in Christ Jesus. If he hadn't accomplished his work, we couldn't go to work. So what this helps us understand is it's also yes, it's a pardon, but it's a power as well, and because of the pardon, you've been invited to display power, to do good works, which you were meant—you were meant—to walk and work. Did you know you were meant to be a You know you were meant to accomplish things. But it's a gift. It's the gift of God. Second Timothy, before this passage, he he shares something very similar, but he says, Share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling, a set-apart calling. Do you know today, if you're in Christ, you have a set-apart calling? Maybe you didn't realize this. Maybe you forgot it. Maybe today you don't feel like you are good enough for a holy calling I want to tell you the holy calling was given to you because of the work that Jesus accomplished. If you will receive that, then you will have the power to begin the journey of experiencing that good work. But we've got to receive this crazy kind of gift that God gives, a pardon and an invitation. Leaders, those of us who've been in the race for a little bit of a minute, I was sharing with the band earlier. I said, you guys remember the moment where you stepped up here in the first, the first time ever? For those of you sitting here, do you remember the first time you felt like God used you? Do you remember what it felt like? Think about it. And if you've never felt like God has used you, I just wanna offer you this invitation. I believe that you're sitting here today for me to Um, tell you that he probably has, you don't know it, but he's inviting you to be used today. He's that good. Do you remember the first time you were used? How did you feel? I remember the first time I was given the opportunity to share in front of a crowd and I said, oh God, what will I do? But in the middle of it, I remember thinking, God, who am I that you would allow me to open up your word and to read it? Don't you know who I am? Does anybody remember that moment? Was it similar for you? What Paul wants us also to understand is the grace in its outworking looks like something he describes in 1 Corinthians 15. And I believe this part is what really speaks to me probably the most. Paul says, I worked harder than any of them. He was talking about all the other apostles. Anybody in leadership or you're running the race, you just feel like you're working harder than everybody around you. Anybody ever get to that point? I'm working hard. I'm working real hard. Anybody feel tired when you start feeling like I'm working hard? Anybody ever got tired and said, man, I'm just going to sit here for a minute and chill? He says, I'm working harder than any of them. Though it was not I, but what? The grace of God that is with you. what paul is saying is if you have gone to work at all do you realize that that is actually the gift of god at work within you have you put your face on the gift of god that he has accomplished in doing through your life this is how paul maintained energy when he was in prison this is how Paul maintains his, his, his word to Timothy as everyone has abandoned him in the time where he was in Asia. Everyone's gone. He's alone. Because you know what Paul didn't do? He wasn't looking for strength from somebody next to him. He was experiencing the grace that was a gift through Jesus Christ and the work that he was accomplishing, he didn't put his face on it. He said, if I'm accomplishing anything, it's because Jesus did the work inside of me and it's moving me with momentum. Do you feel like you're working hard? It's a warning sign for you, Christian. It's a warning sign When we get to that point, a lot of us are like that race. Throw it up for me, everybody. I'm working hard, everybody. Don't you see how I'm working? Don't you see what I've done for you? And you'll find in this moment, what you begin to do will lose power. And what Paul wants us to understand is you don't have to lose power because power is a grace gift. It's not by your work so you can't boast. It's the gift of God. So are you being used today? Then praise the one who's doing the work because it's a grace gift. It's power and it's pardon. I'm gonna ask that our band would come up and I wanna finish with this. This instruction for us to suffer, run a race, and farm is couched between two phrases. As you read the scripture, it's very important not to focus in on one part of the scripture or you get confused. If you read a passage like suffer, you go, man, I guess I gotta suffer, you know? But well, we've gotta understand the fullness of what the scripture is saying. It's couched between two phrases all the thing that Paul helps Timothy understand that he should do the first being what we talked about but the second be strengthened by the grace that's in Jesus but remember at the end right as he finishes the farmer part he says remember Jesus Christ remember Jesus Christ so simple yet so profound in all of your work remember Jesus Christ Because it's because of him, in him, and through him that all of this gets accomplished. Leader, you will want to stop if you are not being strengthened in your inner man, in your inner woman, by the gift that is in Jesus Christ. What is this gift that is in Jesus Christ? Hebrews 2, 9 says, but we see him, who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. No one runs the race and is crowned unless he runs according to the rules. Pre-Christ, do you know what the rule was? That word is law. Romans help us understand that if you don't run perfectly according to the law, you have lost the race and you will not be crowned. What Hebrews tells us is, one ran the race and he was made lower than the angels but he ran perfectly and was crowned with glory. The next verse talks about him being crowned with glory and he has made the way for many more to be crowned with glory. (laughs) Many sons of glory because of what he's accomplished. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist in bringing many sons to glory Did you know that God wants to bring you into greater glory in this life? That means greater awe, greater weight of him, greater experience of the power of God. All you have to do is receive it. You say, but how? Faith, receive it and you've got it. You've got it. What if you believed that you had it? If you called on Jesus to give it to you and he gifted you with this grace and you were sent out with power, what would you do? What would you do? If you believed you actually had it, what would you do? I bet arguments that you had wouldn't matter as much. I bet we would forgive more. I bet we wouldn't care when some idiot runs us off the road. You know what I mean? Like, I got power, baby, let's go. far more victory available to us through our King of glory. I wanna tell you, I wanna finish with this. Grace is a lot like a roller coaster. It's a lot like a roller coaster. It makes us scream in terror. It's scary, honestly, because you have no control of it. It's not in your power to accomplish. It's in his and you've gotta receive it. So it makes us scream in terror and laugh uncontrollably at the same time. But there aren't any harnesses on this ride. We're not in the driver's seat, and we did not design the twists and the turns. But hop on in. The ride is great. We just get on board, and we we laugh as the binding law of gravity is suspended. And we scream because it looks like we're gonna hurdle off into space, isn't it? Grace is scary. Grace brings us back into contact with the children that we once were. It brings us to a low place of humility where none of my work gets to stand before a perfect God. Grace, in other words, is terrifying fun and like any ride worth standing in line for, It's worth coming back to. God's one way love may be the only ride that never gets old. My friend, would you receive this gift today? Some of you need to receive the grace of God as a pardon today. And that's scary because you can't work your way out of that hole that you've dug. You can't make it better. You've got to receive what Jesus did to make it better. Be forgiven today and step out of these doors forgiven in Jesus. Realize that what you did was taken to a cross and the price was paid at the most expensive of costs. Give it to Jesus, find grace in the pardon, be strengthened by that grace. If you need that today, Call on Jesus. Bring him what you feel like is separating you from him. What do you need pardon from today? Probably every one of us in this room can think of something. Take it there. What do you need pardon for? Take it there. Now, once you've taken that there, there's another group. What do you need power for? What vision has God given you to accomplish in this city, to see his grace manifest on your street corner, in your neighborhood, at the store, wherever you go, you wanna see a move of God. There's people in this room who wanna see a move of God. I believe God wants to move in and through your life and I believe he will. As you receive his grace, understand that he's gone before you and he's got good works. What? That he prepared before the foundation of time. That means he's thought about it a long time, a lot longer than you. You can trust the one who wrote that into being and receive the fact that he's with you in power. You've got it. Now step into it and realize that he's already there. The second you step, he'll be there. What has he called you to do? Where has he called you to do it? And if you knew that the power of God was with you, what would you do? Write that down right now. What would you do? What would you do? And I pray for the grace for you to go get it. Go, pray on it and go. Walk with your king because he is with you. If you don't know Jesus, you can. Very simple. Just call to him and say, I need a pardon. I need our relationship to be made right. Do you see that you're broken? Realize that he took all of that brokenness and paid for it at the cross. It was bought. It was paid for. Now bring your brokenness to him and receive the life that he offers from him. He said, forgive them. They don't realize what they're doing you can be forgiven today, receive forgiveness. And if that's you today and you need forgiveness, be forgiven and then give your life to Jesus to come and serve. Say, I will go and in your surrender, life will be imparted, it's given. then be baptized and be raised to walk in life with him and with his church. We're gonna see victory, my friends. Right where you are, would you stand up and would you engage with us in this song today as we leave, as we realize that grace is for us He's with us and he sent us with great power to accomplish work. Father, thank you so much that you've accomplished all that needs to be accomplished and you've sent us with power in your being. Thank you for being with us. And God, I pray that many, many more victories are seen in 2021 through your people that just say yes.